0: Did you know to live on this earth, this side of the grave, after you trust Christ as Savior, is by the grace of God. Has God allowed you to live since you've been saved for nothing? Has it been in vain? Or are you doing what God wanted you to do with your life? Look there in chapter 14. And look very quickly in verse 11. When the Apostle Paul was coming to this uh, city here, he says, um, verse 11, And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Laconium, Laconium, he said, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. They, These are gods. These are gods. And they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercurius, he said, Because he was the chief speaker. These are gods. And then you come on down here a little bit further in verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people. These are not gods. But by the time they got through with them, what did they want to do with them? See, up there, they were ready to bow to them and worship them. And here he says, who persuaded the people and having stoned. They went from... They're gods. The stoning them. You'd be surprised that the people who are for you today may be against you tomorrow. Your friends that you have today can turn on you that quick. And you come sometimes you won't be able to figure it out. You think, well, what, what did I do? You won't have to do anything. There is a real live enemy that you cannot see that uses people. And sometimes the people they use will be your closest friends because they can hurt you the most. I'm serious. It can be your husband or it can be your wife. It can be your kids. It can be your neighbor. It can be the people you sit with in church. It's going to happen. People are going to hurt you. People are going to say things. It's devastating. But look what he says. They drew Paul out of the city supposing that he had been dead. They thought they'd stoned a man to death. But they've already been trying to kill him now they have finally succeeded. And then, of course, he came back from the dead. You'll notice when you get to chapter 16, where is he? Well, he just happens to be in prison. He's in prison. Philippian jailer. Well, they were singing Amazing Grace about midnight. Earthquake takes place, and I mean. The jailer was just going to kill himself, that's all, because all the prisoners escaped. But lo and behold, he trusts Christ as Savior, and gets baptized, his whole family does. It turns into a great victory. But God is working and guiding the Apostle Paul. But look what he's going through. Look how things happen. Some of these things that God does for him, some miracles, but there's some things that happens to Paul That he just living his life doing what God says do. And he has one problem after the other. Problems, problems, problems. All these troubles that he has. And in 2 Corinthians in chapter 1, he talks about some of these problems. How that he despaired even of life. He despaired of life. That's like not wanting to live. Don't want to get up in the morning. How do you think he actually felt from stones that he suffered? Now, if he didn't suffer and he didn't hurt, then the stoning would not have been that bad. But I believe he felt every stone, every lash that he received up on his back. I think he hurt. I think he bled. And I think all these things that they did to him. And then when he goes to Rome to put him in a, a big old pit with nothing but mud at the bottom of it. I mean, to be cold, damp, and wet, hunger. He says, but in all these things, he says, I've learned to be content. I bet you the Apostle Paul and everything that happened, he never complained about any of these things. But a lot of people trust the Lord. Go over to chapter 27, Acts chapter 27. And I want you to look down here in verse 9. You see, he had appealed to Caesar and been a a Roman by birth. He was able to appeal to Caesar, and so they said, We would have let him go if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. But because he appealed to Caesar, he says, That's um, what we got to do. See, verse 32 of chapter 26 he says, Then said Agrippa unto Festus, He said, This man might have been set at liberty. If he had not appealed unto Caesar, we could have let him go. But because he appealed to go to Caesar, he's on his way to Rome. And Paul wanted to go to Rome. You say, well, was it right or wrong? It doesn't matter. This is what's happened. This is a history. It's telling you what he's done. It doesn't tell you everything that Paul did that was right, no more than it says that everything that David did in the Old Testament was right. They did a lot of things they shouldn't have done. The scriptures just record accurately, perfectly, everything that happened but notice what he says down here here's all these people on the boat and they're going to have some problems and there's uh some wind that comes up and uh says in verse 9 now when much time was spent when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past paul admonished them said unto them sirs i perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the laden and the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, Paul has done said what he thought. They didn't believe him. They're heading into trouble. There's going to be a lot of problems. Lives going to be in jeopardy. A lot of loss with all the stuff that's on the boat. But they wouldn't listen to Paul. You think, well, everybody would listen to Paul. No, no, no. Paul had a lot of hardship. Everything didn't work out. As you serve the Lord and you go from day to day, there's things that's not going to work all the time on your job. Not everything's going to work right at home all the time. There's always going to be conflict. There's afflictions. You're in a sinful world. You say, well, I just want everything to be right. Okay, then God will have to take you home to heaven. That's the only place that everything is right. Down here in this church, not everything's going to be done right. Because all we've got is a bunch of people. And we have people who have different ideas about things. It's not going to be that way in your home. It's not going to be that way in anything. and on your job. It's not that way in this country. You have to serve the Lord in the midst of all of this. You've got people that are rebellious to God. And there's some people God's going to have to break And even though you may be tender and you may want your mind to be broken up with that from the fallow ground so that God can work and make it just right so God can plant seeds and the Word of God can grow. Well, you might be that way, but that doesn't mean everybody else is. And it doesn't stop you from being rebellious at times, blind at times, not able to see us straight furrow because you get out of focus we, we don't love the way we should we don't forgive the way we should there's so much that we do that's so wrong but grace is God giving you the strength and grace to bear with people love them anyway forgive them anyway and see the strong the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6 if you are the strong then help restore the weak If you're stronger and you can see what everybody else is doing that's so wrong, then help win them. Help encourage them. Pray for them. So there's a big problem. And as they go through here, there's a a lot of things to happen. Look in verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, ah, everything's wonderful. Because, see, they had just stayed there in port for a little bit, and they realized everything is wonderful, so now we're going to move on. But wait a minute, wait a minute. They didn't listen to what Paul told them. He says, supposing that they had obtained their purpose. Loosing thence, they sailed. Okay, so now on their way, all these people on this ship, and they're going to head right into a storm. And Paul is right in the midst of all of this. Now, Paul wanted to go to Rome. The ship goes down. What happens to him? So it says that... uh, In verse 15. When the ship was caught. And could not bear up into the wind. We let her drive. And so. Let it go. However the wind blows it. And sometimes you're at the mercy of. Circumstances you can't change. And you're with people who won't listen. This is what Paul went through. Why should you and I have it any different. See serving the Lord is not God. Blocking everything. So everything goes smooth for you. And it's. Smooth sailing from here on in. Paul didn't have that smooth sailing. You won't find it anywhere in Scripture. It's a battle. It's a warfare. Can you do it in spite of everything else that goes on? Can you still serve him? Can you still be faithful to the Lord? Uh, Look what he says down here in verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, And you ought to underline these two words. All hope. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. So even the Apostle Paul believed there is no hope. There's no way out of this. The ship's going to go down and everybody's going to drown. And sometimes you and I as we serve the Lord we seem like it's uh, we're going down. I'm going to drown. And uh, unless God intervenes. You don't know how you're going to get out of it. I wonder if Paul ever went through something like that. I bet he did. He's telling us about it right now. And this is one of the greatest Christians you'll ever read about. And look how wonderful he had it. And you want to serve the Lord, huh? What did you think was going to be, a cakewalk? Look what he says in verse 21. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have listened to me. In other words, Paul is saying, I told you so. Ain't that what he said? That's in the Greek. And he says, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from creed, and to have gained this harm and loss." See, when you go against God, there is going to be great harm to you and great loss to you. See that? And when you go the wrong way, it's not going to be a free ride. Ask Jonah. The Bible says he went down, down, down. And everything that happened to Jonah was down. It wasn't until he got right that he came up. And he landed on dry ground. But look what he says. He says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. He says, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, an angel, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Do you know out of all that there's the centurion, there's the owner of the boat, There's the captain, all these important people, and this little old Jew. And you know how God sees it? Uh, Not from their viewpoint. God sees it as though, um, Paul, you're in in charge here. You're in charge. I'm going to give everybody on this boat safe journey because, see, they're with you. It's because they're with you. It's not that you're with them. They're with you. And this is why it's so important. See, God sees it totally different. So he says there in verse 24, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Now, wait a minute. Who wants him to go to see Caesar? God. Well, God, don't you know about this storm? Don't you know about this ship? Don't you know where there is no hope? And God says, I want you to go to Rome. And he says, I'm going to... um." Save everybody that's on this ship that's with you. And they're going to lose the ship. He's told this in advance, before it happens. And yet, could he convince anybody? Look what he says. He says in verse 25, Therefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. That's faith. I believe God. They had no hope. But Paul says, this is what's going to happen. That it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. And after all this time goes on, that they kept sounding to see how deep the thing was. Next thing you know, they had uh, bellied up. They bellied up. And so some of the guys on the thing was going to take and let down one of the, the other boats and get in it, and they were going to sail away. Paul says, Don't leave the ship. Don't leave the ship. If you leave the ship, you will not live. So he says in verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldier, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then, so we're going to start a new ministry called the shipites. The only way you can be saved, you've got to abide in the ship. So we're going to get us a ship ministry. Now, he's talking about a real ship and physical life. He says, then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. When the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. He said, this day is the 14th day since we have been tarried, since we tarried, continued fasting, which goes all the way back over there to verse 9 when we talk about the fast. And so he said, have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. They were of good cheer. All because of the hope of one man. Did you know it might be possible that God allowed this whole circumstance to take place and that God could use this man in this catastrophe, for his honor and glory. Because God had a purpose. And God can use all those bad things that's going on in your life for his good. You don't sometimes see it. It ain't over yet. But maintain a proper testimony in the midst of your storms. And all of us will have storms at different times. And you're going to have to weather the storm. Sometimes you just got to go through right through the middle of it. Always trust the Lord to just walk you through it, just walk you through it, and God will be good to you. And verse 36, and they were all of good cheer. They took some meat to eat. It goes on down here, they started lightening the ship and all that stuff, you know, but look at verse 40, and when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea, loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind, and made towards shore. And fallen into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the wave. You see, God broke up the ship. Paul broke up the bread. But God is breaking up people's lives. Sometimes, like I said, he'll break up the fallow ground because of what he wants to accomplish. And God knows when you're hardening your heart to the things of God, when it's in your heart that you want to go astray, you want to stop serving the Lord, you want Him to stop this thing so you can get off of it because you feel like you're on a merry-go-round, going in circles and going nowhere. Don't panic. Just be calm. Be patient. God is in control. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. All you have to do is trust. And when it seems like you have no hope, no hope, Paul says, I believe God. I believe what God said. So is there anything that you can face that's too great for God to handle? Don't embarrass yourself and try to shame God. By thinking your problems are too little, to bother him with, are too big for him to do anything about. And so he says here, it was all broken up. And when it was all over with, in verse 44, and the rest, some on boards and some unbroken pieces of the ship, so it came to pass, and you ought to underline this, that they all escape safely to land, all because of one man. A lot of people on that boat. But they owed their lives to this one man. Because God, see, has a purpose. God has a plan. God knows about the storms of life. Nothing takes him by surprise. He didn't wake up this morning, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. He's not shocked by anything. Let me just give you a couple of the verses because it's so good. Look there in the next chapter, chapter 28. When they were escaped, they finally came to this place called Melita. The land of honey and sweetness. He said in verse 2, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. They were a very nice one. They kindled a fire, received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. Hey, this is a bad time to be in a ship and going because of where they were, the time of the year. But he says there in verse 3, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat. And fastened on his hand. Now, can it get any worse than this? I mean, look what the guy has just gone through for weeks. Wondering whether they're going to live or die. And God brought him through all of this. And next thing you know, now there's a snake, a snake in the woodpile. And he's getting some wood, and the snake bites him. A poisonous snake at that. Because the people were watching. They says, oh, what? Evil man he must be. Look, look what he says. In verse 4. When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. This man is a murderer. Whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. So, look at their judgment. This must be a wicked man. And only because of this man, everybody was alive. Do you think you're going to be misunderstood in your serving the Lord? People are not going to really know who you are. It was kind of like when Christ was here, the Bible talked about they wished not who it was. They wished not. They don't understand who he is. You see, in God's eyes, you may be a great man, but other people not see you like that. Somebody else may not see you as someone who loves the Lord and God considers you a great man of faith because you're trusting him when it doesn't seem like there's any blessings whatsoever. When it seems like everything's falling apart. When it seems like, yeah, it seems like. It just seems like. And people can misread things. Is that possible? Can people prejudge too soon? Have you ever said something and later on you wish you hadn't have said it? I have done that once or twice. But get what he says. No doubt this man is a murderer whom he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. I wonder what that means. (gasps) They must have repented. They changed their mind and said that he was a what? Now he's a God. He went from a murder to a God. Earlier he went from a God to a dead man. Paul couldn't win. But he won because of the one he served. People come and go. Their judgment is not always right. They want right with him and they won't be right with you. And that's why I've told people, never make the shadow bigger than the real man. Never lift me up, because one day I may let you down and I'll come crashing. We're all people. We have sinful natures. We do things wrong. We should love each other, encourage each other, pray for one another, and do all the right we possibly can. But we have sinful natures. I got one. Sometimes I feel like I got a whole bunch of them. And y'all got one. And you're going to say things and hurt each other. You're going to, husband's going to hurt wife, wife's going to hurt uh, husband, and kids are going to say things, do things. It's no end to it, as long as you're in this body. But growing in grace should be that you, um, not that you're sinless, but you should sin less because you're growing in the Lord. You're becoming more mature in the Lord. Anyway, look up here. But if you're watching by Internet, pay attention. This is very important. Or if you're here tonight and you're not sure, this hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. It's everything we do that's wrong. And buddy, we have all done things wrong. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. And God loves us. And to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all sinned and come short of God's perfection. And God says that you and I cannot live a perfect life. Remember, to go to heaven and you want to earn your way there, you have to live a perfect life. From the time you're born to the time you're dying, (laughs) you've got a problem. Nobody's perfect. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. He said if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's good news. That's the best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you right now just talk to him and say something simple like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I got questions. I got doubts. But I know that you died on that cross and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust you right now to take me to heaven whenever I die. And, friend, God said if you'll believe, he did it for you. He died for you. Paid for all of your sin. That means you don't have to pay for them. That means you don't have to pay for them because he paid for them. And God said he would give you eternal life as a gift. If you are here tonight and you say, yes, that made sense to me. And I want to be certain of going to heaven and preach. I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? Right where you are, all you have to do is believe. Just believe it. And if you do believe it, I'd like to know it. I would love to hear from those that watch the, the Internet And if the show is a blessing to you, we'd love to know it. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together and share with your people. But Lord, unless the Holy Spirit takes the message and applies it to each individual heart, I preach in vain. I trust you. I believe that you will do your work in the lives of your people. So bless each one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.